0: Hello and welcome to Property Matters here on Dublin South FM. You can contact the show on Twitter, Facebook or LinkedIn at iPropertyRadio or indeed email hello at com. Your host for today is myself, Carol Tallon, and I'm delighted to be joined by Brian O'Brien, uh, CEO and architect at Opo Plan. So, Brian, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, Opo Plan, what is that?
1: Hi, Carol, thank you for having me on the show. Uh, so, Opo Plan is the world's first automated virtual architect uh, for simple buildings. And we have um, found a way to automate um, what architects do on, on more simple buildings. And we're starting with the American house market, uh, which is a house plans market, which is a very big and very established market. Um, I I really uh, uh, believe that an architect designed home is a, is a huge benefit to to uh, the consumer and to the person uh family. Uh, but unfortunately, only two to at best ten percent or eight percent of houses of, of single family houses are designed by architects. So I've always been very sort of. Uh, shocked by that, and and, and surprised, and uh, set out really a few years ago to, to 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 see if there was a way to 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 um, excuse me from my phone.
0: No, that's fine. To, no uh, problem.
1: To to try to solve that that problem, and we've come up with a way to do that, uh, and we're up and running. So we're very excited about that.
0: Uh, Brian, I, you know, I'm going to have to take a few moments here to try understand the challenge here because, um, to me what an architect brings is that individuality and looking at the site specific. So it's automating creativity at such a bespoke level. How do you even go about that?
1: I mean, that's, that's a, that's a wonderful question. It gets to the heart, I suppose, of of why we think Oprah plan is, 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 uh, is very disruptive and, and will change the industry. So, um, the, the, my experience over twenty years as, as a, as a client-facing architect, project by project, has been exactly what you said. It is, it is a very bespoke, creative, iterative process. Um, however, we do uh, at the beginning of projects, and for, for simpler projects, and um, a lot of what we do is actually quite systemized. Um, The way we analyse where the sun is, where the view is, where the slope is, and I'm talking about simpler, simpler buildings, obviously. Um, so we we actually have found a way to, to do that. I'm obviously not going to reveal all of the ways that we that we do it underneath the hood. Um, but the, the secret sauce is what we call a design decision system, um, and that then speaks to an, an analysis of the site and an analysis of the customer's brief, which they give us in our in our in our uh, online uh, interface. So they actually give us a lot of parameters. We then analyse those using using techniques that we have um, turned into into code, uh, and then we 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 take um, uh, our, our system and we produce the design for them from a series of of, of template designs and seed designs, uh, and then we modify them and adjust them and, and deliver them to the customer. Uh, and they are they're they're a pretty good approximation of what an architect will do uh, at at at, a, at the early stage. It is certainly not the um, the entire process that an architect goes through and it is, it is absolutely not the, the the equivalent of the full service an architect will do. But given that 90% of people don't really get to go near an architect at all, we think there's a huge market for for that sort of uh, Pareto principle type of solution, the 80-20 yeah. solution, I guess.
0: Uh, that, well, actually, that's really interesting because I wasn't aware of those figures as in um, of... Homes that are designed by an architect, um, mm-hmm. you know, as opposed to maybe a more engineered solution. Um, but for Opal Plan, who's the intended, who's the intended uh, customer here?
1: So, so our customers are actually the 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 end the end user, the end end customer, the family that is building their own home. Uh, and it's, it's very interesting the American market is very different to the Irish market we're sitting here in Ireland talking talking this through um, but in, in the States there is a million single family new homes built every year um, about 40% of those are done by developers and about 2-8% to 8%, depending on the figures are designed by architects so in between we have around half a million um, that are designed by or not designed at all by somebody else or not designed at all
0: Would that um, be would that be what we would say in Ireland? Are these self-builders?
1: Yeah, they sort of our self-builders, but really they, they, they're self-developers, and that they they, they find um, a lot. They usually a property that's old. They tear it down, and then they bring in a builder to, to to build a new home to a plan they found somewhere, and quite often online. There's a huge industry in the states of online plans, mm-hmm. um, and that's really the industry we're going after, and we're trying to disrupt because it's it's quite archaic. Um, and it really doesn't use modern technology or analysis or AI or visualization. So we're really trying to get in there and help people to get a much better design that's much closer to what the ser- what to deserve the service they would get from architect. But more importantly, that um, or as importantly that uh, it'll be closer to their budget or on their budget. It will fit on their site. Believe it or not, about half of the uh, over half of the houses that uh, house plans that the people buy. Um, from online sources currently don't fit on their lot, and over 70% don't fit on their budget. And that is just not acceptable or necessary with the technology that's around around and available now, uh, and the technology we have. So that's that's sort of, and then most people don't really understand their, their, their plans anyway. So we are we are helping um to bridge that gap by the fact that everything we do is in 3D. Uh and it's 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 a self-exploring 3D inside your own browser. So that's how we deliver our designs.
0: Okay, I, and actually, as somebody who I would fall into that category of not understanding the plants and having difficulty reading the plants. so actually immersive technologies and even kind of a three sure. uh, d and and naive, you know even CGI images to a certain extent, I find yeah. a great aid. Um, yeah. but just I suppose to help us understand the problem a little bit more, why are people not engaging architects? Is it is it a value? Is it a cost issue, or is it that they don't see the value if they if they have looked at a house and they think I'd like this, take a photograph of it, send it to the builder and say, can you build me this? You know, is there is it a cost issue or a, a lack of understanding around the value?
1: I think it's I think it's a bit of both. Um, but, but first to the numbers in the States, there's there's at most about 200,000 architects. And we just said there's about half a million houses needing to be designed. So if every architect was doing two or three houses a year, they'd be doing nothing else. So there just aren't enough architects. And I suppose that's also because um, the 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 fees that an architect needs to charge, and I understand why they need to charge them, uh, are just not within the reach of most people who are trying to build a $200,000, $300,000 home in the US. Um, now, the, there is huge parts of the US uh, where people are spending a lot more money and they are bringing in architects and those are more complex, larger cities or more, more um, expensive areas. So that's where a lot of the efforts that, that architects, are, are, where architects are involved is, is going. Um, but the vast majority of, of uh, the US is a much um, easier market for, for, for um, people to locate their own plan, bring it to their own local builder and, and build their own house. And that's what people are doing, half a million per year.
0: Uh, Brian, what's your own background? Have you worked uh, Have you worked in the States?
1: Um, so I, I've actually um, had my own practice in Dublin with, with a great friend Mike Haslam, Solar Architecture, for close to 20 years, up to about two years ago. Um, and I've also studied and worked in the US. So I know the US market very well um, and uh, did my master's over there. And we're getting a great exposure to it because we're, the company is currently in the Skydeck. Um, Incubator program out of out of the University of California Berkeley as well, so we're very
0: happy with that. Uh, I can I can hear your dog in the background. Um, No, you're fine. You know this is one the this is one of the things that COVID has brought us. Um, So I'm recording from our home office. my, my my dogs are generally very quiet though, so so I get to be a little bit smug about that. What kind of dog do you have there? Brian? So we, we
1: have a, we have a lovely um, a Swiss Shepherd which we just got from a rescue about three months ago, Beautiful. and she's the sweetest thing. But she does bark when the when the postman comes. So that's oh, what she just sort suspect. Yeah.
0: No, do you know what actually? Um, you know, we, we always talk about, uh you know, moving towards a more holistic way of life. And actually, I think despite it happening through technology, I think COVID has really done that. It's actually broken down the parts of our lives because everything is is converging. So actually, I, I always think it's a really interesting dynamic. So don't yeah. ever don't ever apologize. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't ever apologize for kids or dogs, whatever about anything else. Um, <laughs> but Brian, so, so you're coming from this uh with with an understanding of how the marketplace there works. Do you think a solution like that would ever work in Ireland? Or is this not a focus because it's, the size it's
1: interesting. We we um we talk about, I mean, there are very there are very different challenges in Ireland. For instance, in the US we 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 say that in those areas outside the big cities, the barriers to build are very low, which is why we've we we have focused our business over there, by which I mean to, to build in most places, you need a permit not planning permission, need a permit and a permit takes a local engineer two or three hours and it's literally Um, uh, a series of calculations about beams of traffic and and, and so on. In Ireland, you actually do need a human being to sit down and do your planning application for you once the design is done. Um, That said, we've found a huge demand from Irish people. So we have actually developed a a service that's that's geared more towards Ireland called newhostplans.ie, and that is serving some of our designs out to, to Irish customers ready Close enough to something that they can go and take to a planning application uh, and at very good prices. So we've we've, we've tried to adjust the the Irish um, market through that, um, but the real focus and the technology and the automation is going towards open plan, which is the the American market.
0: Yeah, and look, that that completely makes sense. And uh, but just you know, we we touched on their uh, cost being a barrier. So mm-hmm. what's the cost? Uh, so say for somebody who is you know somebody in the US, they found their own lot. Uh, they're happy to to work with an engineer to get their permit, or indeed to do it themselves. If yeah. they use Opal Plan, you know what's the what's the likely cost implication for them?
1: So, so our service is actually it's we say it's it's the it's the automated virtual architect, um, and what that means is we're we're design centred service. Um, but actually, we're also a platform to manage your entire pre-pre build journey. So uh, you would come in and we you, you make your designs, your first designs for free, so you can see them for a certain period of time for free in your browsers and uh, your in your your immersive um, environment. Uh, and and after a certain period of time, we start charging a subscription, and that subscription is is around the ten to twenty to thirty dollars a month for you to keep accessing your your platform and your and your your designs and begin to make changes to them. Um, and then, when you are ready and you and you feel that it's time to take your designs and go and approach your builder or start getting your permit, you you make the full purchase. And the full purchase is approximately two thousand dollars, which is the price that the, the mid price and point of of uh, our competitors. So that's where the, the, the price we're, we're we're using at the moment. Um, and for that, you get an architecture design set, which is what we and our would call your your outline design, um, beautiful drawings, and we also give directly to the builder, uh, a builder's layout set and builder's information set. So that's only given to your registered builder. Um, And so we're obviously trying to create synergies there and and future future, um, referrals from from builders with that. Uh, And then there's a whole series of upsells that that we also offer for for additional prices. So um, augmented reality, 3D printable files, and various other higher technologies that that really are are synonymous and and integrated to to our core technology.
0: Uh, Brian I don't want to take us off topic but because you've touched on it there in terms of trying to design a solution for the Irish marketplace um our planning system in Ireland does it does it work does it do the job it's supposed to
1: um this is this is a, it's a very complex question I mean I think I think the first thing I'd say is procedurally planning in Ireland is very is is, is overly complex there there are there are as we know, 26 counties, but there's something like 40 or 45 planning authorities or more, Um, many of them with different planning application forms, many with different approaches to validation uh, and and, and so on. Um, So I think that's it is actually very difficult for the ordinary person to go anywhere near even making a planning application, not to mind, you know, getting to the point of a a design before that. I think planning. I'm a great believer in in in, in the fact that planners are professional, um, and they're 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 doing their best uh, in a very uh, difficult kind of context. I think, but I, I the one thing that always strikes me is that planners. Um, a planner I I I know once said that actually in Ireland we don't have um we don't have planning. We have planning law and that they're constantly trying to interpret the law. Whereas planning, certainly, that's that's true up to recently. I think I'm seeing changes now with with the the new planning office of the planning regulator and the more spatial strategies that have emerged in the last uh, five, 10 years. So there is more of a holistic um, sense of things. But up until, you know, quite recently, it was very much about um, interpreting a policy that's written down. And that's um, when the country's divided up into 26, uh, um, counties and then many cities as their own planning authorities. It just gets very unwieldy, and it's hard to see the, the 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 strategy in there. I suppose. I
0: I don't want to put you in an unfair position here, but because um, your product is aimed at you know self builders, mm-hmm. you know that's something that you know urban planners would like to see outside of an urban context not happen at all. You know, sure, have, yeah, we, yeah. have we have we overcorrected?
1: Um, and i think i think it's fair to say that our our you know new designs can be built in suburbia it is not it is not only greenfield sites and i know there's there's huge sustainability questions about uh, building off in, in greenfield sites um but the reality is thousands of people are, are doing that every year in Ireland, and they're doing it in very poorly designed houses and i i know because i i'm often contacted to try to give people advice um believe it or not as part of the the rai um charity event I've just done more than 20 design clinics for people in the last month. Uh, And I've I've found the same questions coming up over and over again. We have this house. It it just isn't working. Can you tell, can you help us to figure out why it's not working Um, and and to to improve it? So there's a lot of houses that that just aren't designed well. Um, and and uh, we can we can we can improve that so so your house, house plans isn't just about greenfield sites you can can do our designs in, in a replacement situation uh, in, in a suburban context or an urban context or uh, at the edge of town as well
0: actually that's you know you've answered a question that i i've often thought about in my mind and that is true i think the RIai uh, design clinics it's, it's an amazing initiative but i've often wondered is it more uh, existing homeowners who are looking to see mm-hmm. what they can do with their existing home, or is it people who are thinking of purchasing a property? Um, you know, or you know, at what stage? You know, who tends to who tends to come through the doors for those designs? Yes,
1: it's it's very interesting. I mean, I, I was I was quite surprised at the the, the demand. Um, in my case, probably. Of those, I think I did well over 20, I just happened to have a a few weeks where I was able to do that and I undertook it as a a market research exercise for OPPO plan and for new house plans as much as anything else. Um, Three or four of those families would have been trying to do a new build and the rest were trying to do uh, quite a, a, a medium or a radical overhaul to their house. So that was the sort of mix of it.
0: Very good. But didn't most of them already have their own home?
1: Um uh, most of them had their own home. Yeah. Some of them, some of them maybe two or three, so 10, 15% were, were, were looking to build on a, on, a, on a new site that they had or were had their own.
0: Okay. I think that's really interesting to hear you talk about that in the context in the context of market research, or if you're going through accelerator programs, they probably term that uh client discovery. Um, Sorry, customer you know, discovery, customer indeed, discovery yeah. yeah, you know, yeah. I we, we've done our rounds of those. Um and that's always a really interesting one. So, you know, whether the client discovery is in Ireland or in the US, you know, we're hearing about trends post-Covid mm-hmm. to, as a move away from open plan, even in yes, our yes, domestic yes. home. Is that something you've seen borne out?
1: Actually, I, I'm, I'm thinking of writing this up because what I've been uh, what I've been seeing from 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 these clients is not is not borne out by that. I mean, I think what I would say is there's there's an need now for open open plan plus. And the plus is actually we do need to be able to subdivide some spaces and we do need extra spaces. Clearly, we need home office spaces, but possibly also... Uh, one that's been coming up a lot is play spaces play, play room for kids I mean I haven't heard of that in, in, in 30 or 40 years since people have very big houses um, uh, and, uh, what, do you,
0: what do you mean as in a separate space for kids
1: either a separate space I, and I the way I'm imagining it and from, from talking to people it's where, where you know there's a lovely carpet laid down and the, the toys are brought out and and there's, there's cabinets for the toys to be put back into at the end of the, the, the play session so it's where the parents are maybe working on the other side of the room and they, they, they kind of have the kids in one, one, one part of a space they're able to work away and look over and they can see that the child is, is safe and happy and and um, then move over to them whenever they, they need attention
0: as opposed to having a separate playroom down the hall yeah or,
1: or, or, not, or not having anything um yeah. so has been that but I, I certainly don't think open plan is dead by any means i think uh open plan is is um it's open plan plus we need, we need open plan and something and something else in other spaces
0: I, I actually I think that's a really good description of it. Open plan plus, and maybe that plus is uh, flexibility. So as in yeah. the flexibility is designed in. So whether sure, it's sure. sliding walls or, or you know even down to spaces that can be used as play space but then cleared away entirely. Sure. You know, sure. Um, yeah, no, that that's a really interesting one because uh, you know throughout COVID there's been so much um, uh, media commentary about. What the response is likely to be but it's too early to say what it is going to be but through the design clinics and mm-hmm. through the people making inquiries through opal plan you actually have good insight into where where people where their mindset is right now in terms we of do, we do
1: really yeah because our our our, our entry point to opal plan is actually a, a is a briefing system where the customers give us a, a brief and it's a it's a very nice interface developed um, on foot really over my years of, of experience of people coming in and having uh, the cup of coffee in the architect's office and and people are so turned on at the point where they're, they've got to, to, to the place where they're commissioning an architect for their house. There's a huge enthusiasm, huge interest um, and engagement. So we've really tried to bring that into our our online briefing system. And we've huge data coming out of the online briefing system over the last year when we've been in beta. And so we really know what people are looking for. and we've, We've managed to parse that and analyze it. So there's a huge amount of data for trends underneath our system as well, which we'll eventually
0: make available. Yeah, I, I I really hope that you do actually because that's what we're missing at the moment. There's a lot of anecdotal evidence yeah. there, or anecdotal commentary, and we don't really know where that where that's likely to fall for people at an individual level. So sure. actually, having access to that that would be a really interesting one for you to publish and. Um, you know, so actually, I I look forward to seeing if, if, right. that, if yeah. that's what yeah. what comes next. And um, what is next for Opal Plan?
1: So, um, technologically, we're we're just about to um, launch the beta of our dashboards. So currently, our, our our briefing systems and our design engines work, um, in beta, and 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 that's up and running, and has been for the last uh, number of months. Um, we're about to complete our, our first version of our platform, which is where you, you literally come to exchange ideas with other people in the same process and to store your budgets and, and lots of briefs that you've examined. So you'll be able to store all those there and link them to different designs and make design changes or, or seek design changes. <clears throat> so so that's, that's, that's that we 're really um just trying to accelerate uh the, the, the engagement of, of of customers and, and users and, and continue to learn from and learn how to make our, our systems better add uh, new um yeah, wider uh, breadth of, of designs um and uh, eventually we, we we will go seeking investment but right now we're we're not uh, actively looking for investment we're, we're looking for advice we're looking for people to to help us um with any insights they have so that's that's, that's where we are
0: you know that that's funny when you say you're not looking for funding, but you are looking for advice. There is this old adage um, around VC funding for startups. This this piece of advice: um, if you're looking for if you're looking for money, uh, ask for advice. <laughs> if you're looking for advice, ask for money. Maybe maybe there's something in that. Um, there is, but, yeah. yeah uh, Brian, it, it's an interesting concept, and you know, as you mentioned there, you are sitting on some really inform uh, interesting information in terms of trends that i think would mm-hmm. definitely be interesting to explore you know if that was something you were open to sure, you know it was sure. so interesting yeah. to see that that data um you know but from from you know one of the larger kind of takeaways from this conversation is maybe about the planning system in ireland we know this changes afoot what those changes are likely to be we don't know i don't think they're going to go down the route of making it easier for self-builders um and, yeah. that's you know, as a farmer's daughter who believes everybody should be able to live off grid in the fields, that's something I struggle with. <laughs> but, I, but I know I'm in the minority. Um, and
1: yeah, and it, it brings up, it does bring up a lot of, 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 of difficult subjects, I think. But, I mean, to be fair to planners, there is a huge scale problem uh, and, and and developers. We need a lot more housing supply. And it's not houses, it's housing, it's apartments. And yeah. we need to do something about the main streets of our towns. There's tens of thousands of potential units sitting above shops all over this country. Yeah. And the benefits that would bring to the to the town, to the people, it's but there's 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 city technical problems that that can only be solved one by one. And that needs a system. That needs a grant system, a uh, that relief system. But there's a lot of scope in there, and, and we we can't always be looking to new build. There's a lot of there's a lot of assets sitting around empty.
0: Um, Brian, you touched on something very important before we finish up. You know, apartments are of course homes, but have we taken a, a step backwards in Ireland over the last week in in the government? Maybe not acknowledging that.
1: I am I, um, I, sort of trying to, I'm trying to remember the whole justification for allowing the REITs and, and, and the other funds in and, it, it, you know, I don't want to really go back there because I, I can't say I, I have a full grasp of it, but I do know that apartments, um, when designed well, and I think the mistake we made was about three years ago when we reduced the size of the apartments and kind of in the bottom of the recession, um, and that, that I think, is a big problem. But apartments are only part of it. And if we look at our, our European friends in, in that, that live in apartments all, all, all their whole lives, they have security of tenure, which, which we know. Not only that, though, on every street corner there's a playground, and 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 that's the, the in pocket parks and playgrounds and, and and public transport. Those are all the things you need. of course, COVID really showed us we need to be able to get out of our houses uh, as well. Um, so. The, the public realm and, and, and the city planning has to be worked for the apartments as well. It's not just everything inside the gate of the development. And um, so, I think that I'm, I'm quite passionate about city planning as well. Um, and it seems to me that the whole thing of you, sh- you should really not have to cross the main street to get to a playground for an apartment. And a main street, I think, is you know more than two two lanes of traffic, two rows of, uh, streets, uh, carriages of traffic. Yeah. You
0: know, look, if if there was one solution, it would be much easier to find it, wouldn't it? Yeah, uh, indeed. To- the 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 problem is there are so yeah. many. Um, listen, Brian, thank you so much for being so generous with your time today. That Wonderful. was uh, Brian O'Brien, CEO and architect of Opal Plan. We need to take a quick break. Stay tuned. Ninety
1: three point nine, Dublin
0: South FM. Welcome back to Property Matters on Dublin South FM with myself Carol Tallon. You can contact us on Twitter at iProperty Radio or indeed email hello at iPropertyRadio.com. dot com. So now I'm delighted to be joined by Milan. Radnick, and he's the founder and CEO of Propster. Milan, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, we're going to get into this later today, but today is a big day for Propster.
2: Yes, indeed. It's true. Also, thank you for having me. We just uh, announced our seed round. We raised 3 million in our seed round. And yeah, well, I'm super excited, actually. <laughs> so you, can, you, you, you don't see it right now. Yeah,
0: yeah no, listen... You. We want to see the excitement, but we also want to see the process behind it because um, in Ireland it's something we talk about a lot. But in Ireland, um, we've had, you know, we have a slower uh, fundraising, um, and our, you know, once we're getting to levels above a couple of million, then any of our startups have to leave Ireland. So actually, you're you've got quite an international base as well. But let's start by talking about Propster. What is Propster?
2: Um, yeah, I think like you, you just compared, like I, you just said, Ireland, I think it's quite comparable f- with Austria. Uh, like we started in Austria, it's also a smaller country. And like for us as a startup, if you want to build something global or international, you have to go outside of Austria, but still it's a good country, you know, to have kind of, let's say, uh, um, yeah, proof of market, proof of concept. And, and this is what we achieved, uh, quite early, um, um, the story behind Propster is, is also quite interesting. So I'm working in the real estate industry for more than 15 years already, and uh, Propster was actually bootstrapped out of one of my uh, former companies. Um, I was um, um, I had a, like a digital advertising agency, with focusing on real estate digitization, and um, um, when we started the whole idea with Propster, it was just an you know like just an idea. Uh, which came up uh, through a, a project we had with one of the bigger uh, property developers here in Austria, um, and we just we supported them with, uh, in, you know, like with uh, finding the right way uh, through the digitization. And we um, realized that there is a big topic they have to improve, and it was the interaction between them and their customers, like buyers, tenants, and investors. And we realized that. Uh, this challenge is not only a big challenge for them, it's actually a big challenge for the whole industry because somehow the whole industry is struggling a lot with uh, um, yeah with the customer demands. And um, um, and we realized this and agreed with this uh, customer to start a pilot project to improve it. Uh, we compared it a little bit to to the automotive industry because we said like it would be actually great if you could configure your property like configuring a car online, so you purchase online, you configure it, and you manage everything online. But very you know from this uh, uh, point of view of the, of the customer, and they liked it a lot. So we started it, and within like the first year, it was like the reaction was massive. So the the you know, like other customers uh, uh, approached us. It's like, yeah, we would like to to be a part of this pilot project. So I realized, who there is a big opportunity. We should do something out of it. And that's why I founded Propster three and a half years ago in Austria. And we, and as, as you said, like for us as an Austrian startup, we realized also quite quickly you have to go um, um, abroad. And uh, I think it's similar li- 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 with the Irish companies. You go to UK. And we go to Germany. <laughs> so this is like the, the next market, which makes sense for us. And this is what we did uh, early in the process. And now we are active in Austria, Germany, Switzerland, Slovenia, UK. We are now preparing ourselves to enter Russia, Dubai, and, and so on. Yeah, We have, um, I would say, like more than uh, 90 customers right now with over 200 projects. And as I said, like what we provide is basically a, a, a configuration collaboration platform where property companies can improve the whole interaction between them and and their and their customers,
0: uh, Milan. I, I think it sounds amazing. I'm so impressed with the journey that you've had before. But I'm interested. Just you mentioned there that you've been 15 years in real estate. Was yeah. all of that spent on the digital marketing side of it? Yeah. Or were you, you, right? Because I'm just thinking. Um, you know, we run a communications agency here in Ireland, and uh, digital marketing 15 years ago. Unless the Austrian estate agencies and developers were very far ahead digital marketing wasn't on the radar 15 no. years ago.
2: No, no, that's true. We received uh, orders by fax in the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's over actually. Uh, I I'm very thankful for that. I think, you know, like um it it was I think um it's the right timing. Uh, like when when I started, it was it was the whole beginning, you know, all this the 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 companies realized that selling property online is getting more and more like um interesting for them because people started to search properties online and still in the beginning, it was like having the newspaper and internet and now it shifted. It shifted like, and it's really nice to see how it goes, how the whole process goes now that that, like the whole, I would say the the sales process already quite well digitized already. If you are searching for property, you do this online. I think the newspaper, I think this is gone already somehow Uh, except like maybe luxury, luxury, um, um, yeah. Properties, something like that but the broad scope of the whole sales process already digitized and the big challenge of the real estate industry that the sales process is only a part of the whole value chain so you have to go through yeah lots of different steps so um talking about sales process assessment asset management the planning um, then also, you know, we have to go through the whole process when it comes to manage property, when, uh, to build the property. So there is a still a long road ahead of us. Uh, but I think that it's the right timing right now. People are talking about PropTech, about Contech and, uh, yeah, so I'm really happy to be a part of it with Propstone to, to transform this very old fashioned, fragmented, conservative industry. It's right about time.
0: Yeah, look, I I, I agree completely. And, you know, similarly, you touched there on Contech and all construction technology. I mean, that's such a growth area and it's where we're seeing the most traction, particularly coming out of Ireland now, because, as you said, so many elements of the property transaction have now been digitized. So just in terms of Propster, talk me through your client base. So who are the early clients of Propster?
2: Yeah so um basically our main clients are property developers um construction companies general contractors um general planners and uh it's mostly um, um the sales department or also like the customer relations department um so this is these are like the main uh this the, the main the main target group we have right okay. now
0: Okay And how do you position your services? Because in one way, it could be seen as streamlining communications, but obviously it goes so much further than that. that. So in terms of the value proposition, when you're speaking to clients, how do you position um, the the offering?
2: Yeah, that's actually uh, a very good question, because we realize uh, like in the German speaking countries, and this is really funny because sometimes the stereotypes are true. Um, We went through the Pileps Accelerator, as I mentioned before, and within this Pileps Accelerator, we realized these stereotypes that in Germany, our main trigger was, you know, to be more efficient, you know, to improve efficiency, to improve the processes. And when we started to pitch the product in in UK, everybody was like, yeah, efficiency is good, but uh, actually we want to earn more money. And I was like, oh, true, of course. Like, if you are in Germany, everything is about efficiency. If we are in UK, everything is about, you know, to make more money out of the products and the projects. Um, so um, uh, this was quite funny. In the core, we are solving always the same challenge, the interaction with the, with the customer. But the trigger is always a little bit different. So, for example, in the German-speaking countries, the sales department is not really our uh, our target group. In UK, it's very much our target group because we can help the companies to increase off-plan sales, uh, especially for developers who are uh, uh, selling property in London, which, you know, what is really much into selling to foreigners. So people who are sitting somewhere else like Dubai or Singapore, something like that, they are very interested into having a configuration and collaboration platform where you can, uh, manage the whole process uh, um, remotely. Um, and yeah, so so this is what what we have learned. And the main uh, or the unique selling proposition for us in UK is really, you know, to help uh, to fasten up the sales process and uh, also to help the companies to earn more money and faster.
0: Okay, over the last number of years, you know, because the core of what you do um, is tackling the interaction with the, the end consumer, Are those consumers changing? You know, how how have you experienced that over the last kind of three and a half years since Propster? Are the buyers behaving the way you might have expected them to behave? Are they changing in line with digital changes?
2: Um, Yeah, I I, I would say so. I mean, like on the one hand, of course, we have to say that our life is already quite well digitized. We have smartphones. We are, I mean, look at us. Like right now we have this Zoom call. Um, so everything is digitized and uh, the COVID uh, pandemic uh, also played its own part in this whole uh, journey. Um, but what I think what was very interesting to see is also that the customer demands changed. That the customers demanding individuality, you know, that they are not, it's not enough just, you know, to build and sell like the building with one sort of tile and parquet it's not enough anymore. I have the feeling that people are more into like really in, they want to individualize their property, their apartments, their, their house. And uh, this is interesting to see. And, and it's also something what we try to tackle with Propster, you know, to, to, to provide buyers and tenants and investors with more like um, yeah, with more tools and features where we can help them to individualize their property. So this is something what, what I have seen so far in my 15 years
0: okay stepping outside of it um i can see that more customization generally leads to less efficiency and drives oh, up yeah. costs
2: so <laughs> how do
0: you how do you tackle that
2: that's interesting that uh I, uh I would agree and disagree okay so the, the that's really interesting and this was like when we started in 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 austria and germany this was like the main part because Uh, In the German-speaking countries, you have a high rate of off plan sales and people demand changes. As I said, it's not enough anymore just to have like one or two or three colors of tiles. They really ask for uh, different um, um, different variations. And we realize that there there is a big opportunity for the property companies because if you um, manage this whole process the right way, um, then you can actually um, have more planning and price security and you have also a better customer relationships. Why? And we, we, we do this by combining two methodologies, the configurator and e-commerce. So we in the pilot project, as I mentioned before, uh, we had one idea. The idea was to provide buyers with four to eight variations in different price segments. Just just, uh, think of a car configurator. It's the same thing. If you want to sell a car online, there is always a configurator. You can choose out of different colors, different kind of uh, of, of uh, wheels and so on. And this is the same thing what we want to do in the real estate industry. And it works. So we know four to eight variations in different price segments and 80 to 90% of the people will stay within this uh, um, uh, product selection. And if you are already... Prepared for this, you have the chance of price and planning security. And the second thing, what is happening, and this is the a huge opportunity for the industry, you can increase the margins. You, there is a huge upselling potential. We have like we have use cases uh, with, with customers, uh, with clients, where we can see that they earn really interesting, interesting margins just by adding. Uh, variations in the tiles or faucets, it's working. So I think, and this is, you know, like I understand the industry, of course, like if you are building like, let's say 50 years, the same, nothing really changed, then it's really hard to change something. And that's why we also need these early adopters. And when we started in Germany and Austria, sometimes really the companies laughed at us, say, ah, what, a, this is not going to work out. Come on. This is like, ah, just, just, it's not going to work out. But some of the companies, um, said, hey guys, this is actually really interesting. Let's try. And now, after three and a half years in Germany, Austria, to configure property, to configure an apartment, is like state of the art. It's normal. Yeah. The companies are already writing it into contracts. You have, if you want, if you, if you are selling the property, you need an online configuration collaboration platform. And it's really funny. We are just um, um, witnessing the same thing in UK. So. It's really hard to get the first uh, clients in UK, but there are some early adopters. One of them is Clarion Housing. They are just starting projects with us.
1: Very
0: good. And
2: we will will expect it will be the same thing.
0: Yeah. So I I think actually the the, uh, approach to upselling is really interesting because developers really have a challenge with that because when people are spending so much on a product, they want it to be all inclusive, whereas actually by going in and configuring, they can really see where the extra cost is coming from so therefore the upselling probably doesn't feel like upselling it's more choice based so as in, I'm going to choose a different finish and I'm responsible for my choice by paying for my choice and I I, one of the things I'm interested in because I'm trying to think you know if you were coming into the Irish market I'm trying to think of the mindset of Irish developers and the existing supply chains of Irish developers when you were dealing with um, when you were dealing with your early customers, did they have to make changes in their supply chain to be able to fit this model?
2: Um, uh, also a very good uh, a very good uh, question. And this was like, I think the biggest challenge to start this. So we realized quite quickly that um, when it comes to the whole product procurement supply chain, we should not touch it yet. <laughs> so we should not touch it because it's... Uh, um, <laughs> Uh, It's really hard to to disrupt this. It will happen in, in the future, but not now. So, what we try to do, and I think that this is what was very helpful to work in the industry for more than 15 years you know, that you cannot just disrupt this industry from one day to another. It doesn't work out. What we try to do is to help the property companies with their existing suppliers to prepare the right products, you know, because you don't have to change suppliers. Some you, 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 there are like if you are work with, with all the manufacturers, like this is we just help the property companies to identify the right products. Mm-hmm. And um, and this is what we are doing. So basically, one of our um, key innovation innovations in our product is that we use demographic data to provide the property companies with the right product choices. So um when when uh Property companies start with Propster. They just um, tell us like where is the building, where it's located. Based on the location, we know it's uh, we know the demographics. So we know okay in this street or in this area we have a target group of uh, X Y Z. And then uh, we are, we connected with, we have a product database. So actually from the terminology, we are a so-called SaaS enabled marketplace. Mm-hmm. So the, the configuration platform is the, is the software as a service part and uh, it enables a marketplace. And the marketplace is not a transaction marketplace. It's just a, a product database where, where, uh, where, where's data, data is get like products are get, we gather data. To help the property company to identify the right product, so based on the project specifications and uh, also based on the demographics, we can help the property company to identify the right variations. And this is helpful because you can do this already in the in the planning phase.
0: And I presume that helps you then, and maybe give guidance on what the four to eight variations should be, so yes. that they're not looking at, um, you know, that they're able to add some structure to that. You know, it strikes me, Milan, that you said that, you know, you came to the decision that, you know, you can't touch the supply chain or procurement yet. Yeah. Does that does that mean there's an innovation in the works?
2: Um I um yes. Um I mean, we we try. I mean there is like I think we have to be careful in the real the real estate industry. It's like to digitize this, you cannot compare it like with the finance industry for example mm-hmm. it's like we are talking about such a big value chain you have to to deal with so many things i mean you just have to um look at how how many prop techs just uh how are, are active on the market and still are popping up prop techs and contacts uh contact companies everywhere so this look this um is showing quite well that it's a big challenge and um in in this particular case, we are also trying to work with uh, other companies because we cannot do it on our own. So cooperation with other startups is, is very important. We can see that for this, is it's not the right timing for this. So we are keeping ourselves a little bit you know, like, okay, let's, let's wait for this. Let's wait what happened. But we have some ideas already in the backlog, I would say.
0: Yeah. Uh, Milan, I'm so happy to hear you talk about understanding the need to collaborate with other project startups because actually – that's one of the things about four or five years ago we identified as one of the failings. So for some of the early startups that we saw coming through PropTech Ireland, those who didn't understand the need to uh, integrate well and and work well with the the other PropTech startups who were solving similar but different issues at, at different stages of the process, but for the same clients, they really lost out because the reality is Uh, clients within the industry don't want seven, eight, nine solutions. They want one, maybe two solutions uh, that tie in well together and and are more comprehensive. So I think that's a really important, you know, and and you mentioned there that, you know, Propster is born out of a previous company or, or, you know, early businesses that you had. And I think that that's, you know, there's a real learning that comes from that. So I can almost tell the founders who have had early businesses themselves as opposed to those who are coming out and this is their first business. Because there's a there's a real appreciation for learning and understanding how it all ties in together. And I think maybe that's the maturity that's sometimes confused with age, but I actually think it's not about age. I think it's about having the experience of running your own business, responding to clients and understanding how that shapes a, a further offering. It. There's a loss of ego in that, you know, you're, you, you're taking it more, you're letting the market talk to you as opposed to you talking to the market.
2: Yeah. I mean, like um, what you, what you just mentioned is I I totally agree. I think there needs to be a balance of you need this kind of how, like the young, the young wild uh, uh, um, founders with maybe, maybe they are not, there is not the right timing for their idea, but you need them. You need them. And, um, and, and that, that's why I'm saying that there there needs to be a balance. And I think also, um, that if you compare it with other industries, it's like something it's, it's a journey, you know, I, I think why we, why we started quite early in our process to collaborate with other startups is because we understood that because actually the, 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 the clients told us, okay, guys, now you, you can help us with the customers, but, um, how, how does it look like if we want to, um, Basically, improve the whole construction side, or how does it look like with this? Do you have an idea, or can you actually do this, or can you, uh, we would like to pay you? That you, can you please uh, develop an additional feature to help us here and there? Yeah. So we realized quite early. Who? Oh, wait a second. I mean, uh, okay, there is a need of helping the clients to provide a broader scope of the digitized um, digitized value chain. That's why we identified already. Early in the process, the right partners. So we are able to say to our potential, to our clients, okay, if you want to tackle this or that challenge, we have already a cooperation partner. We are connected with them on a technical base. So we have APIs, so you can just uh, uh, you can just have a seamless connection regarding all the data and stuff. So we we uh, can see that this is very beneficial for 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 the companies, and they demand it, and it's very it's very important for them.
0: You know, there is a sense that the marketplace is becoming more sophisticated, more demanding. You know, we talked about it in consumers, but actually it's true of the industry marketplace as well. Um, Milan, before before we finish up, just because, you know, we talk about uh, the journey that Proptex um, and all startups indeed have to take. Today is a big day for your company. You, you know, you, you, you're you closed on uh, three million seed funding. Can you talk to us a little bit just about the process, or really, don't even talk to me. Talk to the startups who are in your position. uh, You know, who've spent the last, you know, two to three years developing a product, trying to get market traction, trying to get uh, early funding. You know, can you talk to us maybe just about some of the some of the things that you really learned along the way, and maybe what really pushed investors over that that three million. Uh, what really pushed them kind of over the line?
2: Yeah, I think there is even a more interesting story behind it because um, we actually signed this round already last year uh, in, in March, but uh, it was cancelled because of COVID. We had a family office behind it, and uh, because of COVID, uh, uh, they were not able to pay. And so you can imagine what what, what it meant for us. Um, so we uh, needed to start the whole fundraising again. Um and that's why that's why it was like a big challenge to fundraise again in in the in the COVID pandemic. Fortunately for us, the COVID pandemic had a big boost for our business mm-hmm. because our product is all about working remotely with customers, working remotely with other project participants, and and so we we saw after like after summer 2020 when the whole craziness was a little bit over you know like everybody understood okay wait a second it's that the word is not going to end here now <laughs> we have to we have to deal with this and uh, there are also some opportunities um the business went really well and i think this was this was a very important part to raise actually a bigger round than we signed in march 2020
0: that, that, um because that, the was that but, was yeah. that based on market traction
2: yes yeah it was and what was also very interesting is that uh, we we closed the whole round through zoom we never met uh, the investors this was also we never met our clients after, uh, we never met them personally before covid it was impossible to acquire clients through zoom because yeah. it was just like the- People were like, oh no, no, we are not using it. You know, like this old yeah. fashioned I want yeah. to meet you, I want to shake your head. Yeah. And now after after COVID, like we 95% of our clients, we acquired them through Zoom. So this was a game changer. And I think also the investors realized that. And the combination of this and also our traction helped us a lot, you know, to to basically build a really, really nice consortium. We have now uh, uh, lead investors uh, from UK with uh, PyLabs, France with uh, Axelio and Austria with AWS. Yeah. And and this is, I guess, also the reason why, like why I would say we are more a winner, winners out of the COVID. And uh, you asked me for advice for other startups. What I have learned is you need the best team. We went through, I mean, really, you, everybody in startups, in the in startup uh, um, um, scene, you are talking about this valley of tears, right? You're going through this valley of tears. We went through it. We went through it. And you are going through this only with the best team. So you need to make make sure you have your the best co-founders, the best team, because if you have to go through such tough times, and then it, it's really about... Um, surviving it's it, it sounds hard but it's really about surviving and you you have to do this with like with the best team and that's why my advice would be make sure that you have the best team um, so you can tackle all these challenges which are in front of you
0: Yeah, look, I I think that that's excellent advice. I think it's excellent advice, not just for startups, but for all businesses, particularly those who are looking at change or innovation. Um, So thank you for being so generous with your time, especially today when I'm sure you want to go and celebrate with your team, uh, whether it's digitally or otherwise. So thank you so much for joining us this week. That was Milan uh, Taradik. uh, Sorry, um, Milan Mila, Mila from Propster. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I've made a mess of that. Uh, and you are, of course, founder and CEO of Propster. So that's it from us today um, on Property Matters, Dublin South FM. You can get in touch with the show on social media at iProperty Radio or email hello at iPropertyRadio.com. Also, my thanks to Peter Rice on Sound. We're back at the same time next week. From myself, Carol Talon, and all the team here, stay safe.